0: Thank yeah. To another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything astle- Wisconsin athletics. I can't speak, just like the Wisconsin offensive line couldn't uh, block on this past Saturday. Um, joining me today, we do have a guest. Adam Hefty has been on the show before. If you guys recall, we've kind of been doing it where sometimes it's a solo episode, sometimes we've got some of our writers and Adam on to. Talk about various things, and today we're going to talk about, of course, the Wisconsin football's latest contest with Washington State. Not the prettiest game, but we'll get into all that here in just a minute. Adam, how are
1: you today? I'm doing all right, given the circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you a Packer fan? I know. You're- I, I I am. Yes. Okay. So- Not <laughs> only that, but my wife's a Viking fan, so that's pretty neat. <laughs> oh, well, tough weekend overall. Yeah. For that
0: as well. So yeah, not a pretty weekend for any uh, Wisconsin football fan that is also a Packer fan. If you're a Wisconsin football fan that is a Bears or a Vikings fan, good for you. You got to win in week one, but for uh, like myself and Adam to have an 0-2 weekend, those ones always always hurt the worst, especially when the way Wisconsin lost and the way the Packers lost, neither of them being uh, very pretty.
1: No, and it, uh, if I'm speaking honestly, I kind of saw both of them coming. So that's, yeah. that's almost the worst part. That's a
0: good way to start it. I don't I, I kind of agree with you. Originally, you know, as the week kind of progressed, I felt good about the Wisconsin game. And then something in me just kind of shifted a little bit. I was like, maybe this is just last year speaking to me and and you know, it'll be fine. And then as that game went on, that that like second quarter Wisconsin scored to, to kind of take the lead, go into halftime, and then that kick that kick return, which we'll certainly talk about, that seventy-three yard kick return for Washington State just made me feel very uneasy, very fast. In the Packer game, I, I kind of agree with you. That one you could see coming based on last year's Week One. It just kind of was a felt like a given at that point. And, and shortly into the game, you kind of saw why.
1: Yeah, the the Packers with the lack of weapons receiving wise, it it, it almost I I, I that's why, ex, why I expected it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, they're gonna get better, but Week One I had very little expectations. <laughs>
0: That's fair enough. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll transition over to the Wisconsin game. We can start with the offense. I mean, things were not pretty really, frankly, on all sides of the ball had some struggles. Even the defense looked suspect at times, still looked good in other times. We'll get into that, but we'll start offensively. Things you can take from, I mean, I personally think Graham Murch looked really good. I thought the offensive line kind of struggled. I think there were some issues with play calling, but in terms of where do you want to start with the offense? Because I think that's the longer conversation is this offense looked a lot like it did last year at times where things weren't clicking. The offensive line wasn't moving and they were just trying to scrap something together and it just wasn't working. So in terms of the open board of what's talked about on the offensive side of the ball, you go ahead and, and let me know where you want to start.
1: Well, I think it's a combination of things. Um, when you were talking about how you, you felt, less comfortable in the game as it went forward and how I was expecting why I was nervous is because of the lack of safety depth and I know how well I've I guess I I haven't watched much wazoo football but from what I hear uh passing is their is their weapon and that's why I was nervous Mm -hmm. and it turns out that it was the offensive line that was the vulnerable part of the Wisconsin Badger output mean, every everywhere else other than special teams that I think we're going to touch on later other than the offensive line and special teams I don't think any other aspect was played poorly I mean Mertz played well that first touchdown pass to Cundiff was a thing of beauty not only did he would he not have completed it last year he probably wouldn't have attempted that pass Mm -hmm. last year so I was Yeah, I was really um, optimistic with Mertz there. And, you know, all in all, I thought he played well. He didn't play perfect, but he's a college quarterback. We can't expect perfection.
0: No, I totally agree with you. I mean, I I was at the game on Saturday. I was back in Wisconsin visiting family and we were able to go. And and I turned to my brother after um, that touchdown throw and said, man, Mertz looks like the best player on the field right now. And that's not something I had on the bingo card heading into week three that, you know, after two weeks, Graham Mertz has been your best player when you have a guy like Braylon Allen, who is kind of not struggling, but it seemed like he wasn't, seemed like Mertz and Allen kind of both had this uncomfortable feeling with the offensive line, so to speak. Like Allen seems like he's been kind of hesitant in finding the holes, hitting the holes, trying to cut and make a play out of nothing. And Mertz, especially in the second half, just kind of seemed like he felt kind of shifty, uncomfortable uh, with, with with the way the offensive line is of playing it. And it's really, like you said, there was other concerns coming into the game that seemed like they were going to take precedence over other areas. I did not think the offensive line was going to be the one that you left, you know, left the game scratching your head. But once again, you know, similar to last year, I didn't think that at times last year in that opening game, you know, I think to the Penn State game where they just got no push in the run game. The pass game was, you know, pressure consistently. And it just kind of, it, it left you, struggling to find answers with the offense because if you can't block, you can't get a push up front to open the ball in the run game and you can't protect your quarterback, it just creates issues all along the offense and it really was kind of a surprise for me.
1: And I think it was a lot of like the gut punches. Mm-hmm. When there would be a big four, 13 14 yard run play, there'd be yellow laundry on the field and it it really was defeating just watching it. I can't imagine what it would feel being on those sidelines.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was really uncharacteristic for Wisconsin. You know, I try, I was trying to look up stats of of the penalties and stuff like that, but it, it just seemed like you're right. Anytime you had a momentum shift, it got called back in and really puts you in in a negative position where all of a sudden you're you're scrapping for you know third down, third and long, having to make a play. And, and credit to Grant Mertz, I do think he made some plays to keep some drives alive and, and keep the ball moving. But you could tell his confidence in in what he had up front was was kind of waning as the game went on, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I we shouldn't look too poorly on this game because there were good things on the offense. I mean, you had Mertz we've, that we've talked about, and in the second half, I thought they ran the bell ran the ball pretty well. And Keontes Lewis had himself mm-hmm. a game, didn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, he looked really good in the wide receiver room. Like I, I literally liked. You know, at one point I had to look down at my roster to see who that was. I forgot what number he was, and and we really didn't feel like I saw a ton of him in week one. But he was a nice positive. I thought there were balls there for Marcus Allen uh, as well, Chimre, DK as well. So I I think the wide receiver room was was a pleasant surprise, and certainly has room to get better. I think when you look at this pass catching room, they feel like. It feels to me like Wisconsin in terms of wide receiver, they have the most amount of talent that they can use in that room that they've had in years past. I mean, I know Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor were very good players, but they didn't sometimes seem, at least as early in career as some of these guys are, to have the athleticism that some of these wideouts for Wisconsin have right now, which is another huge positive in that passing game. But there certainly were positive takeaways you could bring from it. It's just it felt like collectively – Everything was was just kind of struggling. It started really up front with that offensive line, just kind of not being able to find its rhythm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if you look at running the ball, they ran the ball 44 times for 174 yards. That's four yards a carry. I mean, we're used to better than that, but that's not terrible.
0: No, there were certainly plays. Again, I think that, uh, you know, you had those longer runs that would have probably helped that yards per carry, but so many of them just got scrapped with with the penalty flags and, and just silly mistakes on some of those holds. I didn't get a good look at some of those holds, like at least in the replays, it felt like some of them were a little touchy. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say the reps were the reason why, you know, anything sort of happened. It didn't help, but it did look like a couple of those holding calls were a few obvious holds. I mean, nothing you could do about them. And then few that were a little suspect, but that's college football. And you can't really rely on or or bank on flags being correct call every single time, but that certainly put a hamper on a lot of those offensive drives.
1: And you look at those holding penalties, and sure, they might have been a little ticky tack. I mean, I I saw them, and I I saw why they called the holding. Yeah. And they just kept doing it. You have after that first or second one, you kind of have to understand at that point that they're gonna call that. They're, you know. So it it's it's sort of yeah. I don't know. It's it was frustrating.
0: It was certainly frustrating, and yeah, I think that's a great point when you look at the way the game's being called is very indicative where that's almost an adjustment you have to make on the offensive line. And, you know, Bob Bosted and his group to say, Hey, you know, when it gets to, you know, when Braylon Allen and he gets outside, you've got to let the Jersey go. Cause it seemed like a couple of them where it was those busting, those long runs, five, six, seven yard runs, turning into, you know, maybe a, a first down or a 14 yard gain, you're picking up yardage. And then you came back and it's like, okay, right at the line of scrimmage, just as Braylon Allen was kind of getting forward is when, you got to let go of the Jersey and Wisconsin just seemed like they held on a little bit too long. I don't know if it was just coaching style where Bob Bosted kind of says, Hey, you know, we're going to keep engaged and into these blocks as long as we can. And then we've got to figure out a way to let go. But it seemed like it was the same kind of holding calls that they got on every time where they're just holding it a little bit too late. Cause you know, the the old cliche in college football is there's holding on every play. You just don't always call it or, or see it. And that's kind of what it felt like for Wisconsin, where, you know, I'm thinking of like NCAA 14. They would say that as one of the, the, the game commentators. But it seemed like it was the same kind of call every time where it's like, hey, you just got to disengage with some of those blocks and, and let Braylon Allen kind of do his thing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and I think you're looking at play calling. We, we, we're going to touch on that a little bit. I, I didn't hate it. Um, that first kind of touchdown pass was on second down. We threw it on second down. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, I think the play calling—it's it, weird the way I felt. I felt like it shifted. You know, I think of that first half. I liked what Wisconsin was doing. You know, running the football. I was fine with most of the run calls. I liked that they were, like you said, going to the air on earlier downs. That's something last year that I think they needed to do more of. I think last year the, the offense got almost very predictable, running it first down, running it second down, and then throwing it. If they had to, versus this year, it seemed like they were, or so far in that first half, I should say, they were willing to throw it early, keep the defense off balance, and really got it going. It just seemed like they, when they had some positivity going that way, all of a sudden in the second half it went away and they almost kind of clammed up and, and didn't go to um, some of those long passing plays, which was really a head scratcher because in that first half, Graham birch was the best player on the field, and that offense, that segment of the offense of opening up and throwing it on early downs seemed to be the best way for them to move the ball and and it really helped open up the run game
1: yeah it it really did and uh, and really they they were getting some push on the offensive line it was it's all I think today's episode is all going to be about the penalties because that that was the problem everything else seemed to be I mean they picked up 400 yards of total offense which you know that's should be good enough to win with this uh, Badger defense.
0: Yeah, yeah, 400 yards is certainly something that should get you a win, but when uh, I mean, you look at 106 yards of penalties, a lot of it on that offense that almost negates a, a huge chunk of it and really puts you in a tough position. So that part is, is certainly something that we're probably going to keep coming back to because those flags were just super detrimental in, in the result of this game. To, to focus on the play calling. One thing that I really would have liked to see that they, you know, I I think it seemed like to me they were running it towards outside the tackles quite a bit, focusing on trying to attack those areas of the field. And whenever I see an offense kind of try to attack those areas, it seems like you're almost trying to set something up where you're going to run it outside and, and set up a play action. That was the one area that I kept scratching my head and going, can, can we not fake a handoff is play action not something that we've worked on a screen some sort of like segment that you seemed like seemed like a drive that you could consistently keep trying to set something up and Wisconsin just never took those kind of shot plays you know the the end around was nice to see a nice wrinkle back, but that's something Wisconsin's been running for years. I was just kind of confused on why they didn't go to some sort of play action some sort of screen some sort of I don't want us to call them gadget plays, but Something to kind of keep the defense off balance, especially in the second half. It just seemed like running into the tackle side, you know, left side of the line every single time and just hoping um, that some of these plays would break.
1: Yeah. And it, you, when they had, I mean, they had eight men in the box, like Badger mm-hmm. fans are used to seeing, you just let them come and just sneak it past to, you know, Malusi or Garendo or Braylon Allen behind the, the rushing defense. And you got yourself six, seven yards just about every time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that part was just really kind of confusing to me, where it just felt like there there were opportunities to be had, and it maybe it's it is a new offense, and and it, I think that's something that's kind of got lost lost in the shuffle of this season thus far, is that it is a new offense. They are still trying to get their feet under them, but it felt like there was plays where or an opportunities that could be there for the taking, and Wisconsin just didn't didn't take advantage of it offensively, and it, it kind of came back to bite them. Um, especially in that second half because it felt like the first half the offense I thought the play calling was fairly good and they were moving the ball and then they got a lead and probably okay now you come out in the second half keep going with that and you should be able to pull away in this game and it just completely shifted and it felt like a completely different team in a different game in the, in the last two quarters which is certainly a head scratcher and, and one that's kind of hard to explain without getting you know answers and, and ideas from the coaching staff
1: yeah and it and it very well could still be coming. Like you said, it is a new offense and it, the, the offense um, Saturday looked more modern than the offense on against uh, Illinois state. I mean, it was Illinois state, you know, (laughs) Uh, but it, it looked, Mm -hmm. looked like there was more aggressiveness on Saturday than the Saturday before. So maybe, yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's still coming. It very well could be, it looks, that seems to be the trajectory. That it's, that it's going to keep modernizing.
0: And I think that's, that's you know, when you look at it, I know there's a lot of people that are frustrated with the offense. I do think that is one positive you can take from that side. And you talk about the wide receiver room, I think they've looked, that's the best the wide receiver room has looked in a while. I think the play calling did show flashes of some modernization that they needed last year. I mean, there were so many times last year where people said, you just need to freshen up this offense. And I, I do think they did that. It's just more so they, they kind of got away from it later in the game. But if you can put that together for four quarters, you feel better about the trajectory of this offense because you have to imagine Braylon Allen's going to get it going. You have to imagine the offensive line is, is going to be better in terms of getting some push and busting those runs and cleaning up some of those flags. So it's not all doom and gloom. It hurts in terms of the loss, but I do think that's a, a positive note to kind of end the offensive discussion on is that it has looked more modern than it has in, in recent years.
1: And remember how hopeless we felt a year ago when the offense was on the field? I mean, you didn't feel like anything was going to happen unless the ball was in Braylon Allen's hands. Now you see the offense out there and you feel like you have a shot.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I I think there was times where I said, you know, let Graham Mertz go win you this game, which
1: I don't think anyone would
0: have said (laughs) last year with the way he played. So kudos to him. He's been better. There are certainly positives to take positives to take in this game. It's just hard to to pull those out when you have another kind of deflating loss because of self-inflicted areas. But we'll go ahead now we'll transition over to the defensive side. I mean looking at it, you mentioned it with the safety room. I thought that was an area of concern when you look at you you had no Hunter Waller in this contest. The the secondary against Illinois State was still, I think, a work in progress. I think the cornerbacks were sometimes out of position in that game. So that was an area where I thought, man, coming up against a Washington State offense that is kind of a similar iteration to what Mike Leach ran there in his time, you felt like, man, okay, this is going to be a real test for the cornerback room and the secondary. But overall, I thought those guys played really well, were in position. You talk about Max Lofi had a nice interception. The secondary seemed to be, I think, much improved from where they were in week one against a much better test in Washington State.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 253 yards of total offense. That's, I mean, it's not what we're used to in, you know, in Badger football and, but they still only allowed 53 yards rushing and that's pretty darn good.
0: Yeah. The, the entire defense, it was, I think when facing a much bigger test, you know, you talk about all the new faces that you're going to have on this defense, guys that have played before, but taking on new starting roles, I thought, secondary I mean they did enough to win you a game and and that's the disappointing part where where even offensively it felt like you did enough to win the game in terms of yardage but you look at the scoreboard just things did not go together and that's kind of a constant we've had for Wisconsin the last few years but overall I mean this defense I think held up their part of the bargain you can talk about the interception that was fumbled but that's just something you don't plan for overall I I think the secondary in, in the front seven everybody played their assignment well so the defensive side of the ball, once again, kept them in this game, looked pretty good. It's just when you've
1: got to play perfect, it, it makes it a little bit harder. And Washington State really schemed Wisconsin very well. I thought they did a good job of picking their spots, kind of attacking this defense, sort of like their only vulnerability of, you know, it's it's a quick pass. They knew their offensive line couldn't hold the defensive line, which, you know, our, Wisconsin's defensive line had a big push, just about every play, but those quick passes, you know, that if, if you're able to get separation right on the line, you're, you're going to be able to attack this defense.
0: Absolutely. I, I think that's a great point. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I, I wish I would have kept count that Washington state through that almost sort of tunnel screen where they had the two guys on the outside, what, quick throw out to one of them busted in and just hoping to pick up three, four, five yards, or make a move and, and bust a long one. So it, it was, I think, a, a very good game plan by their offense. Like you said, they knew that the defensive line was going to give their offensive line troubles, and they had to find a way to exploit and, and counter that. And they did do a good job. And, and those quick throws were constant. I mean, you saw them two three times every time Washington State had the ball. That's what they were going to try and do because that's really all they felt they could do in, in terms of an attack.
1: Yeah, and in that uh, Nakia Watson touchdown reception, I mean that was a broken play. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin had Cam Ward dead to rights, but he was able to find you know Watson on the other side of the field, you know, and got into the end zone. So I mean that that's kind of the offense that worked for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was it, it did work for him, and, and they found ways to keep some of those drives and keep the ball moving, um, and, and really pick up the yardage that they needed to while also trying to just, you know, they they wanted to try and get the ball down the field and and make some plays and just kind of give themselves some sort of offense. But Wisconsin's defense, you really can't look at it and say, you know, they didn't do anything particularly well. They they played a really good game. They got tested in a lot better ways and, and overall should have likely won this game with the defensive output. But that's kind of the way this thing kind of goes sometimes for Wisconsin that, You do enough on the defense to win and you end up with a loss. It felt very reminiscent of a lot of the contests over the last couple of seasons, even go back to the the 2020 COVID year where the defense was good enough. They almost had to be perfect, maybe score a touchdown, but you can't expect that week in and week out. Um, But overall, I think that unit looks solid and it looked better and will hopefully, as you move forward, continue to progress to the way you want it to.
1: And I think that's sort of the crux of this whole thing. It, it, I think the reason why this loss felt so painful was because it was, we let it get away. Like it should have been a win with other than the offensive line um, penalties and, you know, the, the couple field goals that were way off, they played well enough to win and they really should have. I think that's what hurts Mm -hmm. the most about this loss is that they should have won that game you know, relatively comfortably, to be mm-hmm. honest with you.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think you look back and, and that's kind of the same, same thing that you've seen the last few years where there's been so many games. I mean, I think last year they should have won that Penn State game. There's been so many games where you could say they should have won. They did enough to win on one side of, of this side of the ball, but this side had some struggles, they had some mistakes, they had some turnovers, and they ultimately lost. It just felt like, the same version of, of what Wisconsin's losses have been over the last really even three four years, where they did enough to win and somehow found a way to lose it. Which yeah, I totally agree with. You. I think that's what makes it sting even more is that this was a, it wasn't a game where they were completely outclassed and outplayed. It was simply a game of where they didn't didn't play clean enough to win it, and it came back to bite them.
1: If I remember correctly, they were in the red zone three times and came away empty in that second half. Um, I, yep. I could be wrong on that, but that seems right. Yes, I
0: believe you're correct.
1: And that you can't, that's, that's tough to come back from.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that, you just mentioned the field goals. That was another big struggle. It's been a, a consistent struggle for years, special teams as a whole. You know, talk, we've talked about the kick return a little bit, poor coverage there. I guess I didn't see it, and I wanted to add this, that second kick. It was hard to tell from where we were sitting. Was that blocked or was that just that poor of a kick?
1: Um, I, <laughs> I, it didn't look like it was blocked. Okay. Like it was so bad that it almost had to be, but it didn't look like it was. I think he might have just mishit it.
0: That's what we were wondering because we were on kind of a weird angle uh, looking on, and it looked like it had to be blocked, but we were getting text messages from our family and friends saying. That wasn't even close. It it and I was like, was it blocked? And, the, and people didn't think so. So that one to me was was a real head scratcher. to the kicking woes that continually has plagued Wisconsin. That I mean, if if a, if the opponent got a hand on it and blocked it, there's nothing you can really you know do about it. Kudos to them. But that just felt like a kick that was just so far off that that you you kind of sat there and go, what exactly happened uh, on that kick?
1: And it, you, you pair that with that first one. I mean, that I, you can't be perfect. You could miss hit the kick. That's fine. But with how badly that first one was missed, I don't think I've seen a kick missed that badly before. It, you know, it, it's at least top five. And it, <laughs> compared with that second kick, it, I, I wonder if he has the, uh, is it Joel Stavi who, who had the yips? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I almost feel like Calvaruso might have the yips.
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I was talking to my my family about the game, and they said, well, where, because they were kind of wondering where this kicker came from. And I said, well, he came as a transfer from Arkansas, but before Arkansas last year, he didn't kick field goals. And all my family kind of looked at me like, why are we sending out a kicker to kick field goals who hasn't kicked field goals before? And you've got other kickers in the program. You know, Nate Van Zels, you know, Calvaruso was banged up throughout most of camp. So maybe he's just trying to find his leg and and nail those but if that's the case i'm I'm surprised that wisconsin trotted him out there twice to make those kicks you would think if you're putting the kicker out there you feel confident enough that he's going to at least come close to making it and from my perspective and it sounds like your perspective neither kick was anywhere close to give you confidence at least moving forward that this kicking game is going to be something you can lean on
1: yeah and i i think there's going to be a special uh special focus on field goal kicking this week in practice because it, it very well could have just been a bad game you know it's yeah. you miss hit it a couple times if you're able to you know be pretty consistent through practice this week I think you have them one more week you know I don't want to I don't want to drop down on I me mean, the offensive line had 11 penalties for 106 mm-hmm. yards I think we can give Calvaruso a little bit of leeway too
0: Yeah. (laughs) The the, the hope now, I mean, what's done is done in this contest. You you lost, you've got, you've still got things in front of you. You you know, at the end of the day, it is a tough loss to swallow. It's a bitter loss, but it is a non-conference loss, which is always better than a loss in the Big Ten West. Um, So it isn't the end of the world. It does sting for everyone and I can understand why, Um, but hopefully you can get some of this stuff that again, plagued you in this second week cleaned up against the New Mexico state team that frankly is, is one of the worst teams in the country. You should be able to hopefully get yourself, you know, plenty of points where if you, you know, you're up 35 to nothing and you you drive stalls out and you've got to kick a field goal. Hopefully you can get some confidence in him because now you're, you're looking at it. You've got to get things corrected in this week three game because right there in week four is a trip to Columbus to take on Ohio state, where you're going to have to have, everything buttoned up because under the lights of Columbus, it's going to have to be uh, a, a pretty perfect game for Wisconsin to have, you know, any sort of chance in that context.
1: Yeah. Um, you're, you're alluding to the um, just announced uh, kickoff <laughs> time of 630. I mean, we kind of already assumed it was going to be a night game, uh, but it, it was officially announced today. And yeah, I, I think, we're not going to learn much from the New Mexico state game, like the Illinois state game. Uh, But I'd like to see the offensive line play improve. I want to see them be able to force their will that they haven't been able to do for the first two weeks.
0: Yeah. And I I think, I think back to last year, you know, there was a lot of criticism of the offensive line in that Penn state opener. And then the next week, they came out and absolutely manhandled Eastern Michigan up the up front. You know, it is going to be a team that you should be able to dominate and I don't know how much you can take from it, but hopefully this Wisconsin off of the blind room will, will see what all of us saw and, and, and see the kind of the criticism that they're taking and come out and respond. Because I do think last year they kind of got that going and then had some struggles in that Notre Dame and Michigan game. But after that, the running game really started to take, you know, take shape and take form. So I do think they'll be better at some point. You just have to hope that some of that you know betterness comes in uh in this uh uh week three contest against New Mexico State because again the big ten t- tests start up early uh with Columbus and Ohio State in week four.
1: Yeah, and it that's something to really take um that um take I brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> I it, it's something to um feel happy about that hmm. the mistakes that are happening in the past couple weeks they are very fixable they they there's a lot of talent on that offensive line and they can fix their mistakes and they can play a clean clean game and they can make a push and they can make um, big holes that you can drive trucks through for Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi
0: yeah I, I think they will be a, a unit that's better and they'll have to be better otherwise things will certainly continue to. to... Turn downward, but I do think this as much as I, I think to kind of wrap it up in terms of the rest of the ex- season expectations, the season isn't over. The Big Ten West, I mean, we've seen we saw this past weekend, very winnable. I mean, honestly, any of the seven teams would not surprise me at this point in time outside of maybe Nebraska with the way they're they're at. But even then, who knows? Scott Frost might get fired and they might rally. Any team could win this division. So things are still very much in front of Wisconsin. I think it just comes back to the the bitterness that a lot of fans have in this contest is that it was just the same loss where there were plenty of positives you could take, but the negatives outweighed those positives and it made it feel like a game that we've seen so many times over the last few years.
1: And when I, when I look forward to the uh, Big Ten season, I think about the teams that um, will be able to attack Wisconsin's defense like Washington State did. Um, quick passes, you know, being able to use Wisconsin's aggressiveness against them. I I think of Purdue, I think of Nebraska, I think of Minnesota. They can all do it. Ohio State obviously can do it. So they're going to need to clean that up. Otherwise, it's going to be a long Big Ten season.
0: Absolutely, it will be. All right, I think that kind of wraps up. We've talked about everything that we need to talk about in terms of this game. Hopefully, we can kind of put it all behind us and Wisconsin can get some of this stuff cleaned up. As we move into this last non-conference game, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of come out in that contest, if they can clean some of that up. And then the next big test, as we mentioned already, will be in week four when they take on Ohio State. Adam, thanks again for joining us. good to kind of get some of this off my chest in terms of <laughs> a little bit of a cathartic release. It's, um, therapy. it's therapy. It's yes. therapy. Yes. Therapy, time. That is, that is what the <laughs> podcast has, has has kind of brought me, is a <laughs> session a couple times a week uh, and in terms of Wisconsin football. And, and thankfully, um, was able to get some of that Packer talk off my chest as well, because that was not pretty either. So thank you uh, again for joining me, man.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, Badger fans,
1: that wraps up another
0: episode of the podcast. We'll be back later in the week for a New Mexico preview. As always, thank you for listening. On Wisconsin.